Hey guys, welcome to Creative Entrepreneurship. We have an amazing guest for you today. We're going to be talking about sales and the neuroscience behind buying decisions. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business, branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking about sales and the strategy behind getting great conversion. And also we may delve into the neuroscience of buying decisions. So strategy and navigating sales. Please help me welcome Perry Sean. How are you doing today? I'm doing great and thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. I'm really excited to talk about sales. Sales is one of the things that I love to talk about because it's the 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 groundwork that we need to do as business owners to generate revenue. So why don't we start out by giving me a little bit of information as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. Hmm, great question. I, so what I do, I teach the neuroscience of sales and leadership uh, using neuroscience. I've been doing that for 20 years. And I'm also an award-winning business author. And uh, you may have read some of my things in Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, uh, etc. And what I do is I teach people how to have better conversations using the neuroscience and how to set up their strategies, uh, their sales strategies so that they get better results. Uh, because sometimes we set things up, but we're, we're doing them in a way that we're, they're not actually based on the actual science. We have, mm -hmm. um, and I call, I call, when you base it on the science, I call that true sales uh, versus what uh, you may have learned, uh, which is based on more on philosophy versus science, which is more what I refer to as traditional sales. Mm -hmm. So explain to me what the neuroscience behind sales is. Mm, uh, well, in terms of most people think that their role when they go into a conversation is to uh, you know, let the person see the benefit of what they have to offer. Mm -hmm. The reality is They've already made a decision. The research shows that they've made the decision unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And part of our job when we're meeting with people is to find out where they are in that decision and then help them with that remainder of the buying decision. Mm -hmm. So when you're having the conversation, when you're setting up your sales strategies is to be conscious of that process. And so, for example, uh, if you think of something you know, that you purchased in the last year or so with the help of a salesperson, uh, you know, what percentage of your buying decision was complete? And I, I'll you know, divide it up and say, if you're at 25%, well, if you're at zero, mm -hmm. <laughs> no decision. Uh, if you're at 25%, that means uh, they're probably not going to buy. But if you're at 50%, means 50% you can buy, not buy. I call that window shopping. Mm -hmm. Or at 75%, meaning that you know you're going to buy, you just don't know what product or of the hundred percenters, which are like my husband, I call it a done deal. Mm -hmm. That means they know they're going to buy. They just, it, it's just a matter of, you know, giving them the product that they want. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's how he is with technology. And when I, when I ask audiences to pick something that they've purchased with the help of a salesperson, over 80% of the group will choose 
um, th that they've they're at seventy five percent of their buying decision complete, and mm -hmm. then the next largest group is at a hundred percent, and so. That means when we are having our conversations and we set up our sales strategies, our conversations to start with, it's about meeting them where they are and then helping with that, them with the remainder of the buying decision to get them to that 100%. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the neuroscience behind it is just how they're, they're thinking when they're deciding to buy, correct? Right. And, and what happens when they do um, studies and they put them into an MRI uh, and they look at, you know, let us know when you've decided to buy, press the button when you've decided to buy. What happens is they've already made the decision long before they are conscious that they actually made the decision mm -hmm. and based on the areas of the brain that are activated. And the research also tells us that the areas of the brain responsible for emotion are the areas that get activated first. Mm -hmm. And then within milliseconds, the brain goes to the logic centers of the brain. Yeah. And to justify it. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, that's also a component of how we navigate the conversations as well. That makes sense. So mm -hmm. does that have a lot to do with, uh, um, you know, colors and the way people see ads? And is that fall under the, the way people perceive those things and, and make decision making? Is that, is that along the lines of neuromarketing or yeah, I guess neuromarketing? Okay, that's neuromarketing. And yes, there are things in that regard, you can actually piggyback the two together. Mm. So um, there's eye tracking uh, in what people notice most. So if yeah. you have uh, print copy, there's also you can add Fibonacci's numbers, which is a golden ratio. I'm getting kind of nerdy on you right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, a, and you add that on top of it in terms of anything print or visual. Uh, then that combination with the sales uh, can make a big difference because mm -hmm. that's part of how do you set up your strategy to get people to you. But mm -hmm. here's a key, which I find really, really neat, is that, and a lot of organizations or individuals who sell are not leveraging this, mm -hmm. is that whoever is selling has real-time intel on what's most important to the client. Mm -hmm. It's they don't, they, and, and so recognizing that every time you have a conversation with a client, you're gathering some information that if you really gathered it well, it will tell you what's most important to your clients. Mm -hmm. And then you take that information and you put it into your marketing. Mm -hmm. And then that will move your clients along further along in their buying decision. So that when you have the conversation that you have, it becomes more effective and efficient. It becomes shorter. Yeah. And and then that process continues. So then the next week, you would then listen again for what is it that's most important to them? What are they most emotional about? Mm -hmm. Then you take that information and you put that into your marketing again, your content marketing, and you use that as a cycle <clears throat> by which to inform, you take the sales conversation information, put that into your marketing. And then amazingly enough, your conversations become more effective and more efficient uh, over time. Okay, so I'm trying to, trying to grasp the entire process here. So we're looking at ways in which we can definitely find how the customer's thinking. Uh, aside from that, though, I really want to focus on on the nascent business owner, somebody who's just starting out, who may not have the research department to to get all yes. of that information before they start. But I am, I am a small business owner. I'm wanting to start my own business. Uh, I'm trying, I know that sales are important. I want to really get myself out there. I may do cold calls, warm calls, or whatever to start getting that 
those those leads, those sales into my um, start yes. making revenue. What okay. is my first step, and what is it the first step that I need to do in order to, to really leverage my time and the opportunity to to get that sale? Yes, great question. Um, one of the things that as a new business owner that you first want to do is get really clear about what your sales model is. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we're actually doing with a group right now is working on that sales model and getting really clear about what each one of the steps is in your sales model. And what I mean by that is, you know, whatever the product is that you have, and then what are the various steps in the sales process to get someone to make, to, to have that decision to buy. Okay. So for example, if I took, um, let's say someone was offering, I'm just going to pick something that someone might be offering and, and let's see what. Let's what go, let, let's go with a uh, uh, photography, videography, something like okay. that, because that's what something we're like focus that. on. Okay, yeah. great. So then they, before that, probably there'd be a conversation, right? So that mm -hmm. would be part of the sales process, then, or sales model. Then what would be, what would you do in order to get them to that conversation would be part of that sales process. So that might be giving presentations. Mm -hmm. It might be referrals. It might be Facebook ads. It might be, it could be anything, okay, mm -hmm. that would bring them into having that conversation with you. And then have that clearly laid out. But here's the piece that's so important is to set realistic expectations of the, what I refer to as the client buying decision timeline. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if, if we, and I, I'm, when I'm talking about where people are in their spectrum of buying, that's, um, you know, what percentage of their buying decision is complete. If you're looking at, um, let's say that your people are coming from, um, a, say, a presentation that you give, okay, that you're speaking at an event, or you're doing podcasts, or you're doing some other kind of speaking. Typically, people will come to you, will reach out to you to have a conversation, and they will typically be at 75 to 100% of their buying decision complete, mm. which is really neat, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a one-to-many activity. Mm -hmm. So you know that you're going to have more opportunity, more exposure. If you had referrals, typically with referrals, people are at 100% of their buying decision complete. The majority, 80% mm -hmm. of the group, okay, will be 80% of uh, people will be at 100% of their buying decision with referrals. But that's a one-to-one -one activity. So therefore, you, do, you have to recognize that's not going to bring as many, but they're going to come in further along in their buying decision. Like I had somebody this week who got on a call with me, who came uh, via referral. Mm -hmm. And the conversation was the simplest and shortest conversation I've ever had. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because, and that's typical of referrals, is because she heard about the results, they got double their, their uh, they doubled their sales. And so she heard about those results, it was a friend of hers, who she trusts implicitly. And when she called, she said, I want to work with you, let's just figure out how, how are we going to make this happen? And so they come much further along in their buying decision. And you want to set up your sales uh, model so that it has both a short-term and a long-term approach to it, okay? 
and the one-to-many, as I've described already. Mm -hmm. So the short-term referrals will help you immensely. And if you're new and you're thinking, well, I've never done that before, well, you've probably, let's say if it's, it is photography, mm -hmm. you've probably been doing it as a hobbyist beforehand, before you start being, uh, before you start as a professional. Then you do have some individuals. Then you can be... Um, who have seen your work or showing your work. So there's, there's different ways in which to do it for referrals when you're new. Mm -hmm. um, and then let's say Facebook ads, uh, you, you want to realize that the percentage is gonna be much lower, mm -hmm. okay? And so that means you need to build a, a funnel probably before they get to the conversation piece. Yeah. So I would probably have a series of videos or something so that they get to know you and yeah. feel like they have a connection with you. And then that way they'd be further along in their buying decision rather than going from Facebook ads to a conversation yeah. or Facebook ads directly to a product that doesn't give you your conversions will be higher if you have something in between so that people get to know you. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because I think, well, we talked about cold cold calling before. So that would be the yes. bottom of the the percentage. Oh, of, yeah. So, cold uh, calling so, would be the last thing. <laughs> and, and if can I go on? Yeah, yeah, go a ahead. Bit go about ahead. That? Because cold calling uh, is one of the, one, you, people are usually at zero point in their buying decision. Mm -hmm. Or if you're really, really, really lucky, you might get a, an individual who's at 25%, mm -hmm. okay? And so when you're doing cold calling, you're, you're creating interest, which is the hardest thing to do. It's not only hard for the business, but it's also hard for an individual to go through that much rejection over and over and over again. <laughs> Instead, because uh, that's a calling out, it's better to set up a system where they're reaching out to you uh, and then they'll be further along. Uh, if they come from your website, uh, they can be between you know, 50 to 75, depending on if you've leveraged mm -hmm. your, you know, as you, and this is something you want to track as a new business owner, as you start having the conversations, track what's happening so that then you can put that back in your marketing. Um, that will help you immensely. That is very interesting. I because mean, like what I remember telling, oh, I told you this, this earlier that we used to do a lot of cold calling and, uh, yeah. uh, we got a lot of rejection, you yeah. know, we, no, we're not interested. No. I mean, that's almost a given now because as soon as the phone rings or as soon as mm -hmm. you get that, information you're just like okay another sales call oh my god i'm being inundated with this so right, right away mentally you'll have this this uh discouragement of like oh man i don't want to hear this guy's sales pitch and or whatever that's why i was saying that we keep it short almost to the mm -hmm. point where it's so short where they don't even have time to say no i'm not interested it's just okay yeah go ahead and send it to me and then if they open it or they read the information, then you know at least there's some interest. Um, you know, if you see that open, I was like, okay, they opened it. Now we know that at least they're interested in in, in seeing the information. So then you do a follow-up. Now you've built at least some rapport with the person. But one thing I did want to uh, um, talk about is a lot of times, even though they're cold calls, uh, like, for example, uh, people who just open up a DBA or start a DBA or, you know, buy a new home or uh, probably, you know, start a new website, uh, there's lists for that, you know, and how, how far along that neuroscience, you know, does that, does that have a, a lead, you know, perspective lead? Because even though they may be still cold calling, 
they just bought a house, so they, you know they're going to want furniture, or they just bought a house, and you know they're going to want to cut their grass or, or different things that coincide with what they just yeah. did. Yeah. Where, where does that fall in? Just out of curiosity. A great question. And what I, if, if it was me trying mm-hmm. to do that, knowing what I know about sales, um, what I would do is rather than go um, a knocking and cold calling, is to set up a sales structure and maybe it's with Facebook ads or, or some other kind of ad process uh, where you're capturing them in that process. Because when they're reaching out and taking the action, your conversion rates are going to be much higher mm. than if you're, and then you're putting, and, and reality is we don't have a lot of time and we also want to be careful with our budgets. Yeah. And so uh, you will be spending less money if you're getting someone else to do it, or you'll be spending less time if it's you mm. uh, doing it. Yeah. If you do it in a way in which they're reaching out to you and they'll also be further along in that buying decision. And so you can be providing them with information mm. that they can watch on their own time whenever, uh, mm. if, as you can see, I've got a little bias towards video yeah. that truly. I think that's why ClickFunnels is so, 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 uh, successful. Yeah. yeah. You know, click funnels, lead pages, uh, mm-hmm. just building a funnel overall, you know, doing a, a video that, yeah. you know, kind of directs the customer and in Facebook and, and YouTube ads, uh, you can select the audience, you know, so new homeowners exactly. or, uh, uh, new engagements or people who are interested in headshots or anything like that. You can always have them directed to that. And as soon as you put that video in, then you've already built an, a rapport with this customer. You've already built a, a exactly. rapport with this potential lead. And so by the time they get down to the bottom, they've already read all the information. All they do is click schedule. Good. I like the information. And that's happened plenty of times. You know, we take that information, we put it on Facebook and we direct them to a funnel. May have yeah. a video, you know, all of the like sample uh, video or sample uh, photos that we have. And they're like, okay, I love the way the photos came out. Let me schedule. Yes. And so that that's the key factor. And when you also, when you do a funnel connected with sales, you'll increase your results. Uh, and it depends also if you're selling a low ticket item or a higher priced item, you're selling a higher priced item, put in a conversation in the process oh, because yeah. that will help you get much better conversion rates. Yeah. I think, I think with the conversion part of it, or I should say the, the, the conversation part of it, you get to work out the details. You get to look, uh, you know, they get to ask you questions about some of the things that maybe you didn't answer in the funnel. Uh, definitely something to, uh, to think about with that. What are some of the challenges you find a lot of the, the new folks starting a business, uh, particularly in sales, uh, what are some of the challenges you find they face? Yes. Um, it, starting new, uh, they're using old techniques instead of, because with the, um, because they've learned the old techniques work. I will say that. Okay. They work and they do get results, but what they create often is buyer's remorse. Okay. Mm. And so that doesn't allow you to have repeat clients or it doesn't allow you to have great referrals. That's a great point. And so instead to recognize that your sales conversations are about, you know, asking the questions and, and allowing the client to become more emotionally engaged. Yes. Okay. Then because too often are we think, and this is a mistake I see so many people do when they're hiring people is they hire a person who's a good talker. Mm -hmm. and learning how to sell properly 
is actually a good listener who speaks only four sentences maximum at a time. We found in the research that we've done with large sales teams that if you speak more than four sentences, you lose a person. Mm. Okay. And so therefore, it's really the beginning part of the conversation is about asking questions to get them more emotionally engaged in their reasons for buying, because that is what will um, help them facilitate that decision that they've already made and help them uh, make it more conscious. And then you mention and talk about your experience with four, no more than four sentences, and yep. then you help them <laughs> with that remainder of the buying decision, which is the logistics. And that is what, um, you know, doing that is what will make the biggest difference uh, mm -hmm. for people. Uh, and then you're getting the, the repeat business, the, um, uh, you know, referrals, et cetera. You, you mentioned a buyer's remorse. I love that you pointed that out because I think that's something that people, uh, they don't identify that, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like, um, uh, it's ephemeral. I mean, all of a sudden you just, you think, uh, uh, I, and I have experienced this firsthand, so that's why it's kind of hitting home a little bit <laughs> because, you know, you're right. doing, uh, you're doing some sort of sales call and maybe they're interested, maybe they're not, maybe they're on the fence about it. And then you just happen to make the sale. And of course the, right. the remorse, because it may be expensive, maybe they could afford it. Maybe they really just yeah. didn't really have that, that complete buy-in, not so much that the quality or the product was wrong, but they just have that remorse and everybody has it. Even, I mean, I'll buy something right now and I'm like, Oh man, I shouldn't have bought that. Or, you know what I mean? And so, right. so when, when you're doing that, I can, I mean, you know, just thinking about the way uh, you're approaching the sales, you know, it, it, to avoid the buyer's remorse, man, that would, that would obviate, you know, bad reviews or that would maybe uh, get a, uh, uh, avoid any kind of refunds that you might have to look in the future. Right. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I'm definitely going to have to really look into that a little bit more. I would love to have a segment just on that because uh, there's so many times where people, they make the purchase and then they're like, man, maybe we shouldn't have done that or maybe we could have done it later yeah. or done it in this, you know, whatever, whatever right. their reasoning is. I often have that buyer's remorse because I, I like to buy toys and then yeah. I'm like, I bought it and I don't use it anyways. That's besides the point, but yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a great point. Um, what are some of the successes that you see when you've utilized these steps? Uh, probably I'm sure that it's, it's, uh, you know, more revenue, but what are some of the specific successes that you've seen, uh, utilizing these techniques? Mm, and I can speak about, you know, entrepreneurial and I can speak about organizational differences. Um, okay. And so for entrepreneurial, it can make a huge difference in the effectiveness of a, um, you know, in a matter of weeks, all of a sudden they double their results, which is amazing to mm. see. Uh, and it's simply by tweaking a few things that you're doing, you're still having a conversation. You're still engaged in activities that will lead to a conversation, but you're making it more effective and more efficient so that you have more time. Uh, that's the other thing I'm all about is making sure you get back some more time because as entrepreneurs, we're often spread yeah. in so many yeah. different directions. Yeah. Um, and part of what we also 
in, in terms of results, and this, this is a very subtle thing, but it's people's stress levels go down hmm. because many entrepreneurs and you, they, it, it ranges as to their, um, their concerns or, or um, the, what are challenges with regards to selling. Hmm. Some people do not like selling, period. Yeah. Uh, and, but part of it is because they've got this image of what selling is hmm that selling really isn't <laughs> making sense here. No, yeah, and yeah, so, absolutely. And, and so they're thinking they have to, because I think the research is something like 69% of us, when we think of a salesperson, they, the words they come up with are slimy, uh, manipulative, pushy, yep. you know, all of, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then the image they get is a used car salesperson with a polyester plaid mismatched suit. And <laughs> that's not what any of us want to you know, get up in the morning to be. Mm -hmm. um, instead, that what the neuroscience is all about is that it's about, it's just helping people, yeah. helping people with their buying decisions. It puts you and them on the same side. There's no manipulation. There's no, but that component of, um, reducing their stress when mm. they realize I had one woman when she found out that she didn't have to manipulate people to buy she started welling up with tears <laughs> because all these years she's been trying to manipulate people to buy her product and it's like no 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 that's not what this is about you know I would I would I would like to see uh, you know I'm sure you you already have this but you know as you're going into a new business like I said earlier we don't have the the research team to do this <clears throat> and um, I think I'd like to see a list of what what is the most uh, beneficial approach with regard to uh, your sales. You know, what type of marketing would be best to get those those buy-ins a little bit better. Uh, I'm sure there's information out there, some secondary information that you don't have to hire a, a first first hand research team to do, uh, yeah. because you know you have companies like ClickFunnels and Lead Pages and all these other companies that are already doing that type of stuff. And, and of course, those leads that come in are they're they're more than warm leads, you know, they're, yeah. they're hot, <laughs> you know, they come in off the press. And so once you get those leads, you know, you can you do you got your you got your elevator pitch or you got whatever it is that you have uh, uh, when you answer the phone uh, or if you have some sort of online thing that, that they can book right away then uh, that's great. I would love to see a list. Uh, maybe you have this list or something that we can provide to our listeners that they can just start saying, okay, this is the best approach or the best way to close these leads. Mm. Now, I don't have that list. I, I mean, in my head, because I've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, but uh, it's a great, a great idea. Um, because to me, it's partially about how do you structure it with that mm. in mind um and to me um i'm getting really clear about what works best and also there's no one right way to set up a sales model and that's that's the reason why it's not so cookie cutter it mm. depends on what you're selling you know, are you selling b2b are you mm -hmm. uh and also it's about what are your strengths as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. if your strengths are speaking go for it if it if they aren't then maybe you don't want to go that route. Maybe you want to work on um, doing videos where you can do editing and, and, and such to yeah. make it sound better or uh, et cetera. There's different ways in which you can uh, look at it in that regard. 
that. That's awesome. So I guess that all involves the your approach, your strategy behind your marketing and, and how you uh, ultimately pitch that sale. So I think your, your yeah. strengths, your weaknesses, the opportunities that you have looking at your competition. I mean, those yeah. are always factors that you have to, or those are always variables that you have to look into even yeah. before you get started and then finding mm-hmm. out whether or not you're at par or maybe your quality yeah. sucks, you know, and then, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of things that you need to do to, to, to get to the point where you can offer up that type of product or service. And so, excuse me, (laughs) you know, so that there's a, there's more opportunity for you to be successful in what you're doing. And so, uh, yeah, that, that, that definitely there's, there's definitely that, um, that opportunity to learn, uh, who you are you know, as, mm-hmm. as, a, as an entrepreneur before you even get started. So definitely knowing right. those, the, that criteria or that, that information yeah. before getting started is a, uh, is a good way for you to understand your approach, you know, yes. or to know what yeah. approach you're going to go into. So that's yeah. awesome. I, I think that the, the information that you're giving me right now uh, helps me as a, as a, as a new entrepreneur know mm-hmm. at least that cold calling is probably the least effective and, yes. and then as we grow in our um, uh, warm, hot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you brought up some other stuff like um, events, referrals. Uh, yes. You also, uh, I, I, I want to put aside the, the Facebook and YouTube ads, but because I think, you know, uh, referrals were, were very effective for me and also events. Yes. And, and let me describe something for you, because I think sometimes we think we have to make things really fancy and, uh, and we have to do all this marketing and all the rest. Previously, I was a partner in a, a printing company that we specialized in business cards, okay, mm-hmm. the thermography, and we supplied it for the, the printing houses. So I know how to do all that stuff. We had uh, you know, multiple uh, graphic artists. And when I first started business, I purposely, because I wanted to be able to share with others that this was purposely just on relationship. So for 20 years, I'm now in my 21st year of business. For 20 years, it wasn't until this year that I started doing marketing. Mm. I didn't even have a business card purposefully (laughs) because I wanted it to be done in such a way that I can honestly say for 20 years, and we're talking millions of dollars, simply referral and repeat business. That's it. And I think that we undervalue that sometimes in terms of, and do I, you know, yes, I do the other now, but uh, I think that it's real important. Like a lot of the speaking that I've uh, done other than what I, you know, go into an organization, get paid Mm -hmm. for. Um, when I go to do speaking for lead generation, that's been all via word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So all of it came from repeat and referral. So in your experience with uh, repeat business, what is the most effective tool? Most effective thing to do for repeat business is one, over deliver on what you offer so that what they, what you charge for it, they get, you know, this much benefit from it. Okay. Um, Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be something that actually, it doesn't have to be money. It can simply be, you know, this is what I'm, I'm offering. 
and it has this much value for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, also when you're having the conversations, I will have a conversation and then I'll say, well, by the way, it sounds like, you know, whatever it is that mm -hmm. there's something else here that you, it looks like you might need, uh, you know, some help with like, yeah, like, we need like to upsell. That. Is that what you're saying? Like an upsell yeah. or? Uh, or just, it's an awareness. I'm mm -hmm. going to say it's not okay. going to, cause I don't upsell in, in, in that conversation. Cause the first conversation I'm looking for the completion of the sale. Mm -hmm. you, you want the completion of the sale in the first conversation, but I'm planting the seed for another conversation. Once we complete this. So mm -hmm. I'll plant the seed. I'm saying there's something else that sounds like you're needing help with. Yeah. We need help with that. How about once we complete this, that we have a conversation about that. What Perfect. I love and it. Then, and then that way, when we're complete in that component, whatever it is that we've uh, done, whatever it is that you offer can be product or service. And then I'll say, shall we schedule that conversation to talk about the other? Yeah. And they go, yes, let's have that conversation. Because when you've done this and then provided, you know, make sure that what you charge and what the value that they get is more, they're seeing a benefit to them. And that's um, our job is to be on the lookout for what's uh, most helpful to that individual that's highest in their values. Mm. Next book, Planting Seeds, yeah. But I'm Not a Farmer. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> that's great. That's a great idea, you know, being able to at least plant that seed, you know, uh, instead of upselling it and, and, and making them uncomfortable or, or saying that they, right. you're pushing something on you, uh, on that person. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's great. Great, great strategies. I, I love this whole, um, this conversation. I probably could talk to you all day long. <laughs> but we're getting close to the end of the podcast. And I usually like to ask if you have any words of wisdom or rules that you live by. Mm, rules that I live by, words of wisdom. I think first and foremost, be really clear about what you love to do as an entrepreneur and then do strategic delegation. So that therefore, because as an entrepreneur, we often spread ourselves too thin mm. and to be able to be really clear and then to do that strategic delegation in such a way that we're, you know, the things that we're incompetent, outsource you know the things that we're okay with doing that's our next level so do it in levels uh which will really help your business to grow and stay focused in on what, what the clients are saying because mm -hmm. listening is the most important thing you can do Absolutely. so that you're actually hearing what the emotional um what they're emotional and most engaged look with at you <laughs> that's great i mean you're really like honing in on some things it's just it's amazing to me that 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 people have such great, I mean, of course you have 21 years of experience in doing this, but it's amazing to me that sometimes the people are just able to hone in and, and, and understand a deeper understanding of what things happen in our lives. And even through sales and understanding how people perceive things and the, and the mentality behind it and the neuroscience behind it. It's just amazing to me. Uh, that's why I do this. I love it. I love it. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? I, they can either reach out to me through LinkedIn or uh, the other option. I have a Facebook group that's called Selling with Science and Soul. And uh, that's where I go live once a week to give them content and ideas to help them do better and grow their business. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Perry, Sean, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an amazing person. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. And I'm so, so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you. Well, there you go, guys. Perry, Sean, all of her information is going to be in the show notes. 
we're going to be transitioning from the creativeentrepreneur.net to creativeentrepreneurship.net. You can still reach us at tcepodcast.net. And if you or anyone you know might be interested in coming on the show, let us know. And you can click on Contact Us on the website to schedule your appointment. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.